I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, recorded live in the Living Kitchen studio. This is a conversation about teamwork, luxury design, collaboration, and longevity. More specifically, how Brian Pinkett of the Landry Design Group structured his career. Listen to him describe it. He knew what he wanted to do at a very early age and built his work life around his passion. I wish I could have found my passion early on in life, but I I didn't. And I would say that it's most common that people don't find it early on. It took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do and what, what made me happiest. Brian found it early and he was able to craft his work life around that. Um, The result is a storied career with the majority of that at the Landry Design Group, where he is a huge part of building and training a team to consistently attain some of the most amazing and luxury design in the business today. That team and the concept of team in general is of critical importance to the Landry Design Group philosophy. I really enjoyed this conversation with Brian Pinkett, and I hope you do as well. It was recorded in front of a wonderful audience at the, uh, at the West Edge Design Fair. If you like this episode of the podcast, and I hope that you do, why not subscribe to the show? It's easy, it's fast, and it's free. You can find Convo by Design wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond, a family-owned and operated company serving LA's design and architecture community for over 70 years. They do this with superior customer service and provide world-class products like those from Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove. Three generations ago, Sub-Zero introduced refrigeration at standard depths of kitchen counters, and they've been perfecting that ever since. The idea of disappearing refrigeration is real and available with customized options on handles and panels that can blend in seamlessly. That's on the outside. Inside, you have proper humidity, temperature control, and purified air, the trifecta for freshness. Pair that with Wolf, handleless wall ovens and convection steam ovens for true integration and sleek look and feel. And with Wolf's advanced dual vertigross convection, you get remarkable results and reliable consistency, allowing you and your clients to be the absolute best you can be in the kitchen. And right now, Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove are offering, through the Grand Kitchen event, three years of protection, or a $1,000 rebate. These offers are only for a limited time, so for details, and to see the full line of Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove products, go to any of the three Los Angeles area Snyder Diamond locations. Now, you can also see their living kitchen in the Pasadena and Santa Monica Snyder Diamond showrooms. So go check them out. Thanks. Joining me today, I'm, I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, we're talking about brand building. We're talking about publishing. We're talking about career development. And sitting with me today is Brian Pinkett. Brian was drawn to architecture early in life. By the age of 18, he had won the Young American Design Competition. Um, he, has, he joined the Landry Design Group in 1994. Uh, and he was uh, named partner in 2012. I could actually go on with the bio, but I'm not going to. Well, exactly, because we got a lot to get to today. Um, This is a conversation about brand development and career development, especially in a creative space, where as an individual, you're creating your own brand. 
And as a partner in a firm, it's more of a team sport. It's an individual, it's an individual sport in a team concept. But your story is, is really different. The first thing I want to go back to is, so you knew what you wanted to do early on. You, you win this award at, at 18, and then it's Katie Bar the door from, from then on. How did you know this is what you wanted to do? Well, first of all, Josh, thank you for having me on. <laughs> um, it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm happy to, to talk about uh, what we're about to talk about. Um, to go back to how did I know I wanted to be an architect at such an early age, it was probably about 14 or 15 that I was locked in. And it started even earlier because my family, um, it, I come from a, a lot of builders, okay? Painters, artisans, contractors. And uh, as I got more involved with my uncles and my grandfather and my great-grandfather, um, it sort of developed into actually creating it as opposed to building what someone else designed and created. So that's kind of where it came from. And uh, at 14, I actually found a um, school district that had this competition for seniors to participate in. So I had my parents move to that school district so that I could someday get to 12th grade and participate in this competition <laughs> to win. And, and so be it, that's what happened and uh, went to Cornell and now I'm here with you. <laughs> okay, wait, but I think a few things happened between Cornell yeah, oh. and sitting here with us, but wait, I just wanna back up for a second. So you're 14, yeah. I can't tell you what I was thinking about at 14, but it wasn't my career. Right. I, so I you guess. you identify something that you truly want to do, and then you also recognize the school district that's out of your own residential district, and you clearly had incredibly supportive parents at the same time. Absolutely, my so, parents were amazing. So that's kind of that's kind of important. Yes. But I think knowing what you want to do, and having that focus, and again, joining the Landry Design Group in '94, right. partner in 2012, you don't. You don't hear about that right. these days. Sure. Is that singular in focus? Is that just truly loving what you're doing at the time? I mean, I, I, I'm having a hard time being able to relate to that. Sure. Just looking at my own career and through broadcast, but all the changes, because you have to change to move up, but not you. You stuck with it. Why is that, do you right. think? So there's a couple of things, because you, you brought up a lot of things. I mean, obviously, nothing gets done by ourselves. I don't care who the top dog is, they have great people supporting them, right? And for me, I had worked for Michael Graves, who was an iconic New York architect, already at the top of his game, um, getting ready to retire, that sort of thing. So I could see how the, the operation was. And I could see the, the pros and I could also see the flaws, right? And so for me, um, it was about how the question was, how powerful would it be to be amongst people, architects in this case, a community that were up to big things, right? So it doesn't have to be one person that's doing this. It's all of us. So, you know, you've heard this, there's no I in team and all this kind of thing. But what we do here at Landry Design Group is very collaborative. And that's because that's what we created, okay? So we created an environment for architects to learn and grow, to become better at what we do, so they could be better at what they do, so that our clients would reap the benefits of our success. Do you, do you recognize that that's uncommon? 
Absolutely. Okay. So, so when we hire people, we tell them at the first interview, we're creating a place that we would want to work. Okay? And it's up to you to participate. So we need your feedback, and we're going to give you our feedback. And we're working this together. And our clients, again, the clients are the main focus. As an architecture firm, we're in the service business. That's what we have to do. But if we're all working together collectively, then they're going to get the best product from all of us. There's no water cooler talk. There's no behind the, the back talk. Everyone is on, on their own ladder. They can go up as fast as they can possibly go. More responsibility, more pay, whatever it is. But in order to do that, you've got to help other people to get there. Again, incredibly uncommon. And you say it like it was so easy to put together. <laughs> I, you know, I, I have this theory, too, about architects. You have, mm -hmm. you have really two distinct sides of an architect, and then you have various shades in between. You have the kind that is super creative, and doesn't necessarily focus so much on, this, on the math and the science of it, because right. that'll come after. Then you have the others on the other side of the spectrum that will focus on the math and science, and the creative kind of comes to it, and then you have everyone in, in different shades between. What you're explaining is, oh, we just tell them that they have to be team players. That's, that's no, no, really, no, no. that's not common. No, it's not common, but we don't tell them what they have to do. We ask, we invite them to participate. Okay, and it's a lot easier, the better well-known we are. I mean, trust me, in the beginning, it wasn't the easiest. But they could see we're creating something here. This is different. This is not like every other architecture firm. And so that elevated our culture as well as our design. So with the culture, do you have an onboarding process? Absolutely. And you're involved in that? Absolutely. Tell me about the onboarding process to, so, to bring someone into the culture. Okay. So, um, first of all, we have the interview, which takes, you know, an hour interview. What are you going to learn from someone in an hour? It's not a lot. Um, we do due diligence, and we always do fact-checking and reference-checking, okay? We bring someone in. They all, everyone goes through an orientation period, at least one week, maybe two, and and they're always with the same team. So we have a team of people that orientates everyone in the office. So they, we know they're getting the exact same information. Okay? From there, then they go off onto one of our other teams. We have six associates, five different teams, and they all do every different style of architecture. We don't have a modern team and a classical team or French team. They all have the opportunity to design every different style. So it keeps it fresh. The opportunity. Do you ever get? Do you ever get pushback from that? Insofar as I, he's laughing at me. <laughs> Hello, he's laughing. He's like, no, no. I mean, do you ever get pushback? In, insofar as if someone says to you, you know, here's here's where I'm drawn. Here's my aesthetic. Oh. Here's my desire. Here's what I want to do. Sure. And then the, you know, how do you how do you manage that with personality? Okay, so. Let's back up a little bit. Um, probably very early on, I created committees within the firm. So the committees address the different aspects of architecture, computer committee, presentation committee, these type of things. Okay, So people on different teams get to work with others in the office and gain, create that connection. Okay, So that's started it. 
Now we've developed what's called a CDP, which is a customized development program for each employee. They have their own track and their own path. So we meet with them. At the same time, we have a mentorship program. So each employee goes through a six-month mentorship program with me and the associates so that they get to see different aspects of architecture that they may not, on a daily basis, be um, privy to. Okay, so for example, business development, construction site visits or detailing or design, okay, or outreach. And so we're very connected with our staff. So we hear them often. So if they say, you know, I want to work on this type of project, we go, okay, well, let's put that on your CDP. Let's not forget about it. We'll address it every time we meet. And in between time, we're going to try to make it happen. Okay. Of course, you're running uh, 45, 50 people. It's not easy to just say, oh, yeah, we're going to do that for you next week. But they know that we don't let it go. Okay. We have a suggestion box, and every suggestion gets read at the staff meeting, no matter what it is. And trust me, some of them are pretty crazy. Okay. So, yes. Um, and, and again, look, we're not for everyone. Okay. The lone wolves out there for architects, this might not be the place for them because we do everything together. We are very collaborative. So it's really interesting. One of the, one of the reasons why I, I love doing the podcast as much as, as much as I do is because I get to have conversations like this. And I, I will tell you, quite often I come in with these preconceived notions. I think one idea coming into this, coming into this, this is one of those examples where I was really trying to square the idea of having a collaborative creative agency and having individuals within that firm who are all kind of struggling to stand out because the nature right. of the business is you go to one place, you make your mm -hmm. bones, you go to the next place, mm -hmm. you, you get some bigger projects, then you go, and then maybe sure. after that you start your own, you hang a shingle. That's right. not, you, you, there's a different structure and those two exactly. can work together. Absolutely. And, and the real... The realization that not every architect wants to hang a shingle, okay? So once you understand that, you realize there's a lot of architects that can be in a support role to help the firm grow to a level that's in the stratosphere. So now within that, I think there's also this incredible value that comes to someone who says, I'm with the Landry Design Group. Absolutely. As as part of, and it's not just that they're working and learning your system, you're not just teaching them, you're, you're also, and we're, we're talking a little bit about um, publishing. Yeah. And it's interesting too, that in, in the publishing, there are images of the team, mm -hmm. not of individuals on the team, but of the team. Mm -hmm. that, was that, a, that was obviously a, a focused opportunity. Absolutely, conscious effort, right? When did that start? Well, the team approach has always been there, okay? Um, unfortunately, the media likes to focus on who's at the top of the door. We do. In front of the door, right? We, we do. Okay, so, you know, I appreciate you having me here, not Richard, I, you know. But um, it's okay because we do this together, you know. And from the very beginning, I got there, there were five people, including Richard. And now we're at 48 people. And we've been able to grow not rapidly, but smartly, 
okay? And part of that has to do with the publishing, right? So when we got our first book out about, uh, I don't know, 11, 12 years ago, um, that put us at a different level because now we were getting calls from around the world. Uh, the book actually was translated into Chinese without us even knowing about it until a client came to us and said, we found you in this book, and they opened it up, and it was all in Chinese. And we're, at first, you're like, I'm upset, and then you're like, that didn't cost a dime. I love it. <laughs> it's great, great. Really? Absolutely. Nobody was upset about it? Nobody was upset I'm, about I'm it. I'm trying to, you know, it's funny, after, after so many years in broadcast and right. brand development, right. I'm, I'm hearing this for the first time, and my first instinct was to get mad. It's like, wait a minute, they did what? It's... I, I guess that's another example of, you know, sometimes you have to just sort of step back and try to find a focused opportunity within a challenge exactly. and, and recognize that it's not optimal, but if we, can, if we can make it work. What's not optimal about books being sold to okay. clients in a country that we weren't publishing in? Uh, the only, thing I, the <laughs> only thing I could say to that is, and being a content guy, yeah. if you didn't, QC it, quality check it. If you didn't have it proved, oh. then it's a different product. Well, it definitely is a different product. But at the same time, it brought a lot of clients to our door. So I got a lot of calls from people overseas in China. And uh, you'll see that part of my focus as partner is overseas work. And so that sort of opened a big, huge door for us. And we have millions of square foot of, of buildings in, in uh, Shanghai and Beijing, Qingdao, all over China. So let's back up a second. So that started with the publishing. Because if they didn't see it... That's right. Well, sorry, it started with somebody hacking your publishing. But, but right. it, it ultimately starts with... Started your, with the book, right. When did, when did the publishing become a, become a thing for Landry Design Group? Well, we had been talking about it ever since I came. Because, of course, I came from Michael Graves... And Michael Graves had already had several monographs out. So I saw that the need to have the recognition at that level. So Richard and I were talking about it early on, and then we finally got to the point where we're like, okay, we've got the projects that we want to showcase. We have the right publisher. We've got the right publicist. We're going to do this. And so that's how it started. Yeah. And you were there at the beginning, so your ideas, your thoughts on the curation of the projects right. within the book. I think it's fantastic. No, I'm sure you do. But <laughs> where, Everybody should how, get it. How do you, it's Modern and Classic 1, <laughs> Private Estates, and Modern and Classic 2 is coming out soon. How do you choose? How do you select? How do you curate okay. what you okay. put in there? Because you know every project that you do is right. perfect and wonderful, so, and it's the best thing you've ever done, what, but how it, do you decide? Okay, this is what we tell our clients. If, you're, if your house wasn't in the book, you just didn't spend enough per square foot to build it. That's all. That's <laughs> the takeaway. That's the Next take time away. you'll spend more with us. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The next house. And we've got several clients. We've done two, three, four, five homes with clients because they love the experience working with us. We always have fun. Every meeting is just, it's a learning and growing experience, and it's not like nothing else you've ever experienced. But backing up a second, yeah. the, when I say curating what goes into the You're book. You're talking about the project. Is it, is the, are the projects, is, is, are, they, are they based on price per square foot? Are they based no. on style? Are they based, what, is, what goes into that decision? Well, obviously we want to show a wide range of our work. So we want to give the viewers 
that are purchasing the book a lot of different options to see. I like this style. I like that style. What happens? How do how do the homes look in a different country? Like, how do they live? Why would they come to us as architects? Why would their friends and neighbors call us? Well, we want to be able to reach out to them as well. So it, it is not easy. Trust me. First, the projects and then the photos of the projects. You know, that's a whole nother thing. It takes a long time. And that's really the reason why the first book took so long for us to get out because of that first step. Once we got through the first step, the second one came quicker than the, this one is coming out. I would imagine the next book uh, is going to be out even sooner uh, because we have a project that we finished in China that's incredible. I can't really talk about it, but it's... a. Uh, you it's, bring it up and then you can't talk well, about it. Well, we're going to do a, an entire book on this one project. That's how amazing it's going to be. Now you're doing the takeaway with me. Oh, if you want to just spend more, we could talk about that project. But, um, so... Here's what else I find interesting is you're a publisher. You're, you're a content producer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting because, you know, you can, you can look at my, with my background in, in broadcasting and, and brand development, you can look at a company like Apple. Apple wasn't started as a product company. Right. It was started, it was, it was in, in its new era. It was created as a content company. That was the idea and they were just going to, provide you with every single device you needed to get that content. So you have it, and you have it on your wrist, you have it everywhere. That was the idea. Very smart. So when you think about being a publisher, of which you're a publisher, and being a content provider, how does that work under the brand umbrella? And do you use that as part of the tools and learning process for for new associates? How do you incorporate that into the overall brand? So, um, obviously, just like Apple, we want a Landry Design Group book on every coffee table, (laughs) right? So, um, and it's more for everyone else than it is for us. I mean, whether we sell one book or 10,000 books, it doesn't really matter. We're going to do what we do. What we really like to focus on is educating our clients on what is actually good architecture, what are good proportions, what's a great layout versus something that isn't so ideal, what functions and flows well, right? That's what we do, and and knock on wood, we keep doing it well, um, because you'll see a lot of homes that are big, expensive, spend a lot of money per square foot, but when you go in, you're, you're like, I can't believe this is what they're trying to sell us. And for us, you know, we spend a lot of time with our clients, and I might be going off a little bit here, but we spend a lot of time with our clients before we put the first pen to paper. We want to know who they are, how they live, what's important to them, and, and, and their lifestyle is, is their home. I mean, I don't care if you're a millionaire or billionaire. When you come home, it's just like everyone else's home. You got a bedroom, a bathroom, a closet, all the same rooms. They might be bigger. They might be more of them. But we all put our pants on one leg at a time, right? So it's important for us to understand how that works so that we can then do the best we can in terms of giving them uh, the home that they've been envisioning. Well, I think it's interesting, too, that you say you want the book on every coffee table. And here's what I'm thinking as as I frame the question. Is that really true as as a tool for people who are considering the firm, 
because you're an aspirational firm? Or is it to sell more books because that, that grows the profile of you as, as a publisher? The reason, and by the way, the reason I'm stuck on that and I'm sticking on the point, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fascinated because it's, it's not a pivot. It's not a brand pivot. It's a brand extension. Correct. And I find that really interesting because we don't see we don't see enough quality brand extensions in our industry. Mm -hmm. So there's a very focused, conscientious effort because as you, will, as you know, when you do a brand extension, it is a, it is a representation of the brand itself. So it's gotta be representative, it's gotta right. be on point. Yes. That's not, easy. <laughs> That's not easy to do. No, but we have a great team. We have a great team working with us. We have a great PR team. We've got, uh, you know, we're on Facebook and Instagram. You'll, you'll see lots of great images coming off of there. Um, the, the key is to be consistent and to know that we're in the service business. This is not about us. It's not about us. It's not about Richard. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about our clients and the people that are out there that are looking for architects. What can we offer them? So you really, you view this as, it is a collective. It's all a collective, yes. Um, and and I, I think that's great, and I think it's good to hear from you. You joke about not having Richard here, but having you. <laughs> um, it is good having you, because you. you're, the, you're the one that's sort of had, you got your fingerprints all over this in the development, in the, in the way you continue those ideas. And it's really important, because I, I have another theory, and that theory is that you know, anyone who's on social media is a publisher. Mm-hmm. Anyone who is a designer, architect, or any creative, for that matter, or provides any service, right. can use the same basic principles that, you're, that you've applied. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we hadn't talked about yet that I wanted to talk about is, is the concept of giving back, sure. of, of which you do, mm -hmm. and the Legacy Kids Project. Mm. Tell me about that. Okay, so um, the Legacy Kids Project... How did you find out about that, by the way? You just know about everything about me? Okay, so uh, you feel, I'm on the you board. You feel like you got a stalker now? Yeah, exactly. I'm on the board of a foundation. It's a charitable foundation. It's called Legacy Kids Project. And um, we, what we do is we raise money for inner city kids so they can create uh, community service projects for their own communities and then we fund those projects. So uh, right now we're working with an organization called OLA, uh, Hearts of LA, and their students right now are coming up with a project that they'll present to us uh, in December that we'll then fund to help improve their community. And it's amazing uh, what we do, and these kids are unbelievable, and it's I couldn't be happier. I mean, I would spend all my time doing that if I could. <laughs> it's fun and rewarding. So rewarding. Are, were there any projects that you funded where you just looked at it and you're, you were surprised to see that level of thought? I mean, I'm sure, there are, I'm sure many are like that. Sure. But are there any that just really stand out to you or surprise you? Well, the first project we did will always be dear to us because we were actually there in the trenches. And we started out by uh, the whole group of us, um, board members included, we were there painting, digging, planting, you know, uh, laying brick, so to speak. And 
the music's going, the kids are there. I mean, it's just such a great vibe, a great feeling to have that, feel the love and the community. So that's always going to be in my heart forever. I don't care what new projects we do, how big or small, the first one is like, if, you know, it's, it's going to always be a memory. That's great. So the book, the book's out now. Yes. How, how often do you publish a new edition or a new book? They're not editions. You don't no, publish them as not. editions. It's uh, about six, seven years. We've, we've had a book. Is, is that because you need time to put together all the projects? And by the Whoa. way, publishing a book is not an easy thing to do. Exactly. So what are, what are the major time constraints? Well, first of all, you've got to have houses built. <laughs> Okay, it doesn't, those don't happen like TV in a week or two weeks. Uh, these buildings take time, uh, planning time, construction time, uh, you know, uh, move in, staging, time for them to, to get to a point where they're ready for photography. Um, and then from there, once you collect the projects that you want, then you have to go into the next step, which is the publishing portion, get writers. It, it's... I mean, you know, it, it takes at least, I would say, a year. We're trying to reduce that time, but you don't want to rush something like this, especially when you, we call every one of our clients to get their permission. And we want to make sure that what we represent on their behalf is exactly what they want to be represented with. What's the next, and if you don't have one, it's totally cool, I'm just curious, what is the next, if any, what's the next brand extension? That, you, that, the, that I, the group is looking at. Yeah, I think the next thing is the next book, which we haven't done a single book on one project before. And I think this is going to be very exciting. Um, it's, a, it's a... And what's really wonderful about this project is in the, it's an extended family compound, okay? So that's something that's also another sort of idea or concept that most people don't think about. But when you see this laid out, it might be a consideration, you know? Um, and some of the things we did on the project are, are incredible. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a little something about it so you, your interest is piqued, okay? Uh, it's on 35 acres, okay? And we created a lake on the project, okay? And an island on the project. So it's really incredible. Consider my interest peaked. Um, and thank you for that. Did my job. Thank you for that. <laughs> so uh, we're, unfortunately, we are out of time. I want, I want. Let me say one more thing, though, before oh, no, go you ahead. close me out here. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times the publishing, they like to focus on the big projects, okay? The very expensive ones. I joked about the projects in the book. We also do small jewels, okay? We do smaller projects. Um, and we do remodels if they're the right type of remodel. So our focus is about creating architecture and connecting with our clients. It's not about the job. It's not about the money. It's about the architecture at the end of the day. And I'm glad you got that in. Okay, thank you thank very you. much. And, and I wanted to take a moment uh, for just a couple of announcements, but I, I wanted to start first by saying thank you. There's a, there's a lot of places you could go this weekend, but you came to West Edge, and I am appreciative for that. There's a lot of places you could go check out, the, uh, but you came in here to listen to us, and I appreciate that too, so thank you very much. Last thing I wanted to do is to let you know that we'd love to have you join us for a beverage, if you can stay for a Peroni, and thank you, West Edge, for having us. 
greatly appreciated. And thank you, Brian Pink at the Landry Design Group. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vendome Furniture. Design culture, it's the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vendome pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest? Vendome products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted, modern, durable, molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique and they beg to be enjoyed. They search the planet for the right designers that embody the Vendome spirit and work together to create remarkable pieces into an exclusively Vendome mode of expression. And if you haven't seen Vendome before, you can check them out in uh, some of the Convo by Design videos you'll find on our YouTube channel. But you can find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in L.A. or online at Vendome.com.